JoeBertigan.com on the record. We're here with a man who has been a fixture in the sprint car, wing, non-wing, mini sprints for many decades, like his dad, Randy Sipple. Randy, uh, talk about how racing ever got started for you. I know your dad raced for a long time. Take us from the beginning for you. How did it all get going? Well, it's, I basically grew up with it. Like you said, my dad did it, so it's been in my blood. I was born with it. I did it all as we were growing up and back in them days we couldn't race until we were 18 years old so yep. you know we did some snowmobile racing and fool around with um, motorcycles and stuff like that until you're we 18 and when the day I turned 18 then we started racing um, wing modifieds. So talk about that what year was it the first year you started racing and how big of an influence was your dad Tom Sipple in getting your career going? Well he's a big influence I mean that's what got me hooked on it you know and like I said once we turned 18 then we, then we got our own car and started racing from there and it just kept building and building and building to what it is today. Talk about that first race car what year it was what tracks you ran at obviously Plymouth is a big one uh, talk about uh, that first car and that first season for you. Well, I believe it was, it was the year I graduated it was 1980 we bought a car and I finished off the year that that year and then 81 was my first full year as a racer and it was just a well it was run as a sprint car down south I got it from a I can't remember the guy's name right now but uh, he was running it in Illinois as a sprint car so the car was built in the 70s sure. probably mid to late 70s I got it in 80 and turned it into an Eastern Modified. And the first full year was 1981. So that was under uh, Eastern Sanction back in the day. Then they had uh, they had uh, the Super Modifieds. They had, I believe, Hobby Stocks and Sportsman. That was a pretty tight, well-run show on Saturday nights for a long time, wasn't it? Well, it's huge. I, I don't know of any any club in uh, you know Eastern Wisconsin that was any bigger back in them days. There was it was big. I remember. When I was a kid, and even through the 80s when I started driving, I mean, people would go there during the day and tape down a, a blanket yep. so they could get their seat. Yes. You raced against some pretty big names in the early 80s. One of them was the Flying Grandpa, Etchie Beertzer. Talk about that. Yeah, it was neat. You know, him and Billy Johnson and, oh, I don't know. There, there was a lot of a lot of big name guys back then, and, and it, it was tough. I mean, and... They would put you in your place if you if you got out of line. Then they were good racers. The super modifieds, what I recall of them back in the '80s, there was still some ingenuity and creativity. Uh, the cars didn't all look the same. You had some latitude rules-wise to kind of get creative, didn't you? Yeah, it's totally different than what it is nowadays. Right now, the the sprint car, the modern sprint car, there's nothing that you don't buy. Right. Back then, when we started, I actually worked at Ryan Auto. There was a few parts we could get out of the junkyard yet, you know, and, wow. and put onto the race car. But nowadays, it's totally different. So back then, and looking back in the 80s, um, how tough was it to, to crack a feature field at Plymouth? It was very tough because you had like two laps to do it. Right. Or, or your qualifying laps. Yeah. I think they ran top 18 in qualifying made the feature, and if you didn't make that, there was no second chance. So no. it was very important to qualify well. And it was tough. There was, I don't know, 30, 40 cars every Saturday night. And the tracks back then, uh, not like now where there's multiple divisions pounding down a, tra a dirt track surface. Tracks, by and large, were kind of wet and heavy back then, weren't they? I don't ever remember them being real dry and slick when right. I first started out. You know, it was always a, a good prepared track. I mean, I remember scraping mud and scraping mud like crazy. Not right. you don't do that. You were there and kind of saw the evolution. Well, let's back up. In the 90s, 
you were a big part of what was happening at Chilton. I had the privilege of announcing there, uh, both for an independent promoter, Steve Rudolph, and for the, the Calumet County Racing Association. Talk about how mini sprints got introduced to Chilton. Uh, I thought personally that they were a perfect fit, that, that type of car for that little track. Well, they were. I, you know, I had been running sprint cars, and how I came up with the mini sprint thing was, I don't remember who it was, but somebody had built a car, and they, they were going to use it as a raffle. The sure. guy who won the raffle didn't want it, and he sold it to me dirt cheap. Right. So I started putting the thing together with the idea of selling it. I right. I to make a couple bucks. Well, sure. by the time I had it put together, I had four or five guys that wanted to rent the thing, wanted to drive it. Sure. And that's how that started, the rent ride program. But that was the same time the mini sprints were getting going at Chilton, and that became a, a really big deal. I mean, that, that track was perfect for mini sprints. It was, and you had some pretty big names that had graduated through that. I know John Haney was one of them, uh, Ryan Matthews. You had a few others, didn't you? Yeah, Ty Bartz, Wayne Majeski. Then later on, you know, Mike Kirshner came along. And, um, my brother, Scott, he was really good for a while. I mean, of course, good. Mike Kircher, he's got a pretty big role now, right now with Road America, doesn't he? Yeah, he's done very well for himself. And not only that, he was a big part of the Sipple Racing Schools, too, wasn't he? Yeah, I started Mike right out of go-karts. I think uh, Sipple Racing had given away a, a, a night at the driving school for sure. whoever won a, a championship of the go-kart division. Mike happened to win that, went through the driving school. Next thing you know, he was working for me. Wow, that's incredible. Talk about... You know, it was in that mid-2000s when the old-school Eastern Mods kind of got phased out for what we know now as, as the MSA 360s. Talk about that revolution and, and why and how it all occurred from your perspective. Well, it was kind of sad to see it go because, you know, my heart and growing up with the Modifieds, with my dad and myself, but, it, it, you know, the writing was on the wall. The Modifieds kind of phased themselves out. They, they just weren't feasible anymore. Uh, sprint cars was basically something you could buy off the shelf. They sure. were readily available and they were cheaper. And, right. And that was the whole thing. It's that's the whole thing about race, especially on this level. You know, you gotta have it at, to where the guys can afford it. If yes. you can keep it affordable, you'll have people there doing it. That, sure. And then when you, every time you raise the price or the, the cost of racing you drop guys off the bottom end. Now you have been involved on both ends of it. Uh, you know, IRA sprint cars with the 410 motors and also active with the MSA 360s. Talk about your role involved with each type of car and how much difference there is really between the two. Well, I guess the biggest difference is, is money. Right. You know, and that's what I always, we fought and fought. Al Schaefer and I for years and years with the with the 360 thing is keep the rules affordable. Right. If you guys want to spend money rather than change the rules in the MSA, go to the four tens right you know that's that was always my way of looking at things and there's a place for everybody wherever you want to whatever you want to spend we'll just plug you in there and sure don't make everybody else spend a whole lot of money to keep up with you just because you have it or have access to it or sponsors or whatever it is sure like I said I, it, every time guys would come in and try to change things in the MSA I, I just ask them to go on the call Steve Sinclair he'd be more than happy to have you right um, we're now at the end of 2020 as we talk right now. Talk about what your role is, because you've been out of the out of the cockpit per se for for a while now. Talk about what your role is uh, as a car owner, as a crew chief. Uh, what are you all doing with racing these days, heading into 2021? Well, 
This last year, I picked up a guy, his name is Sean Rahal. He come to me through road racing because sure. of Road America, me living by in Elkhart Lake. That's how we got together. Okay. And he's got um, ideas of going full-time racing, which we're going to do, and we did, pretty much did that this year. Right. Uh, we, we ran IRA full-time, won the Rookie of the Year there, and had a few good nights. And So do you serve as his car owner or crew chief, or how does that all work? Mainly crew chief. He, okay. he owns the cars, but I do all the maintenance on them, and they, okay. they're run out of my shop. I have my truck and trailer and do all the work on it. He just basically shows up and drives them. Sure. So running a separate club up here in beautiful Dunbar, Wisconsin, which is my hometown now, it's got to be a brutal schedule for you because you don't head back till Monday nights. You only got one full day during the week to work on your sprint car stuff or like a day and a half. Talk about the schedule and the miles you must put on in the course of a year. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, five years ago, I guess it is, we, we bought this place and, and it's going really good thanks to guys like you, you know. Um, right. It, but it's tough to run a business like this and then still be, it's two and a half hours away. Right. And every time I, I got to go away, like, you know, racing obviously is always on the weekends. Yep. And that's the busiest time of the week for the the, the restaurant and motel, you know. So it, it's been tough on me and my family. My wife is, you know, she's, thank, thank the Lord, she, she lets <laughs> me do what I love doing. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, talk about the simple racing schools. You still do those. It's maybe more of a limited basis now. Tell us uh, when and where uh, people can kind of find out a schedule for that in 2021 down the road. Well, this year we kind of just did it. Uh, we, we didn't do a, a set schedule. We would right. just get one or two guys together and do it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night just when my schedule allowed it. Right. In the past, we would do five, six, seven, maybe ten of them a year. Sure. Um, that were scheduled events, so we get as many as five people or up to 25 people. You know? Right. But it got to be too much. Then ones with 20, 25 people, that's a three-day event for me. Oh, sure. It's a full day to... Because all your equipment is in a shop two and a half hours away from Dunbar, right? Right. And yeah. it's just, it got to be too much. So what we did this year is if I can get two or three guys just to do it on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, I can do it by myself. I can tell you, uh, fans, my wife did the driving school, and my dad, God rest his soul, did two of them. His exact words, Randy, were, if I would have learned about this, you know, 30, 40 years ago, I'd be even more broke than I am now. So uh, lots of fun. Any parting words you want to say about uh, your racing career? You've been involved with this for decades now. Well, it's just something that I love to do. You know, I am by no means a rich man, but, you know, when you when you count all the things that i've done over the years as far as racing you know there, there's a a lot to be said for that and i want to continue doing that until i guess until it ain't no fun no more you right. know and and then i'll step back and let somebody else take over but right now it's still fun i enjoy doing it so i'm going to keep it keep it going and, until it isn't all right randy sipple uh heavy big name heavily involved with uh, 360 and 410 sprint cars thanks thank you